Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. On today's episode, I spoke with Frank Vetter, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at LCS. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way senior living operators use technology, from new ways for residents to remotely connect with friends and family, to more robust data collection and business intelligence services. One potential downside to a more tech-focused industry is that it likely increases the risk of disruption from big tech companies such as Google and Amazon. But Vetter thinks this isn't necessarily a bad thing. And for some operators, it could even be a new opportunity. I think it's almost inevitable that some of these technologies and major players are going to disrupt our industry. It's just a question of how do we engage with it and how do we make sure that it disrupts us in a very positive way. We'll hear that interview in a moment. But first, today's podcast is sponsored by CDW Healthcare, a multi-brand technology solutions provider for business, government, education, and healthcare companies in the United States, the UK, and Canada. The company's offerings range from hardware and software to integrated IT solutions such as security, cloud, data center, and networking with customers across the senior care industry. And now, here's my interview with Frank Vetter, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with LCS. Frank Vetter, thank you so much for joining me on Transform today. So I wanted to start, you joined LCS in April 2019. What initially attracted you to the senior living industry? Yeah, thanks, Tim. I appreciate the time to be here. You know, as you mentioned, I am new to the industry. And as a result of that, I didn't really have a complete understanding of all the ways technology could help. But what I did see is I saw a passion in the leader's of this industry. And it was a desire not just to run a sustainable business, but to really make a difference. And it was that passion and enthusiasm for serving others that really turned me on and made me know that this was the right place for me. So take me back to 2019. Obviously, we had not had a pandemic yet. And I don't think any of us were really thinking about that. So back then, what, what were your top priorities, you know, during your first year in that CIO role? Right. I would be lying if I would say that uh, my top priority wasn't learning. There was a lot to understand in this industry and this company. But very quickly, it became clear that we needed to make sure we had all the right solutions in place to drive our workforce, make sure we've got the engagement in our employees, as well as to help LCS serve ever more seniors. So there were some big infrastructure projects that were under our plate that we needed to push to completion. As we got that done and and got our footing on those infrastructure projects, it really allowed me to spend a little bit more time trying to make sure LCS and this industry is positioned for everything that's to come. So obviously, you joined right before the pandemic, as I had just mentioned. So take me back again to sort of the early days of the pandemic, you know, in in maybe, let's say, early 2020, February, March, that time frame. You know, when was it clear to you how serious the situation was? And also that, technology would be such a big part of the senior living industry's response to it. Yeah, it's interesting. And and I might even go back just a little bit before that in time. We heard about COVID for a long time, and it was kind of this scary thing, but it also seemed like something that was far, far away. And you heard about the transmission, but I don't think we understood how rapidly it was going to spread, how bad it was going to hit the entire world. And so that became even more real as it started to spread across the globe incredibly quickly. But I would say when it really hit me in terms of the impact it was going to have is when we saw the numbers that showed how it hit the population that we serve. 
And from a technology perspective, that kicked into gear as we realized that we had to help people shelter in place and we had to help our employees stay productive while working from home and et cetera. So it, it took a little while for, I think, everyone to understand just how impactful it was. But I'm glad that we're seeing some improvement despite the recent variant. Is there an example of a technology that LCS uses that you really love? You know, maybe something that you think has really made a positive impact or outperformed expectations or something like that? Yeah. And when I hear that question, I think of that in two facets. One is the technology we use here at our home office. And I'm going to go back to what the COVID pandemic did to us as a workforce. It positioned us to work remotely, interact virtually, and we implemented some great unified collaboration technology where phone and voice and email all came together. We learned to interact in a video way. So I feel like our collaboration technologies for a home office made a big difference. When I think about that from a community perspective and the care we provide, it's hard to outshine what telehealth has done for our industry. If you look at the adoption and the impact that technology has had during this time of COVID, it's a huge differentiator. And it's rare to see technology adoption that fast, particularly in this industry. Yeah. So on the flip side of what, one of the questions I've been asking operators a lot these days is now that we've had, you know, I guess maybe a year and a half plus some months since the start of this pandemic, almost, I guess, you know, the beginning of next year, it'll be two years. So I've been asking operators, is there a technology after all this time that really hasn't lived up to your expectations or, or you know, something that's fallen short? And if so, how did it not live up to your expectations and how did it fall short? Yeah, great question. When I look at all of the responses the world, our industry, had to the COVID pandemic. One promise that was out there that I really think we didn't realize had to do with contact tracing. Early on, there was this idea that there would be this massive connection between our cell phone devices and it would keep track of those that we interacted with. And we would have, be able to prevent the spread or transmission of the disease because we knew when we're infected, when we needed to how to shelter in place, et cetera. I don't really feel like that met the promise that was originally out there. And I don't know that it was technology itself. There were lots of things having to do with, you know, testing frequency and accuracy and people's willingness to share their information that really hampered. But if you go back to where we were at in maybe June of last year, I think there was a lot of hope for where that was going to go. And we just never realized it. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to you about something that you rolled out during this pandemic. I know that LCS rolled out EverSafe 360. Can you briefly, you know, for our listeners who don't know what it is, briefly describe Ever, EverSafe 360 and also just generally the, the, the role that it plays in operations? Sure. We're really proud of EverSafe 360. It's a differentiator for LCS. And we've got an entire website on it, but it's a collection of practices where we've learned how to improve and when you put on a technology hat, it covers the gamut. It's about telemedicine. It's about air quality improvement. It's about helping people engage in a virtual new world. So technology permeates all of EverSafe 360, but it is so much more than that. It is best practices. And so I encourage everyone to take a look at our website, but it's a differentiator and it's something that we think is really going to help us continue to lead the industry. So, you know, I think it's clear that the, the pandemic has really put technology in front and center in terms of 
resident engagement. You know, you you had just sort of talked a little bit about this. So I'm, I'm curious, what role does technology play in how LCS connects residents with each other, with staff, with family members? You talked a little bit about how technology helps, you know, make that happen when it's a lot harder to do some of that stuff now. Yeah. One big shift that we're seeing is the usage and adoption of mobile devices. Of course, in the consumer world, it's been out there for a long time. But we're seeing a lot of solutions that we're putting in place in our communities that allow our residents to reach out and directly contact our caregivers, not from a central desk perspective, but from where they're at at the moment. And in addition to that, a lot of our employees are digital natives. And so they want to do everything on their phone. So whether it is apply for a job or accept accept a shift change, the adoption and usage of mobile technology overall, I feel like is evolving very quickly in our industry and quickly becoming mainstream. This is an area where I do want to give a lot of credit to the technology providers, the, the solution providers in our industry. I think they've stepped up and really enabled capability for connection and communication and risen to the challenge of the pandemic. Yeah, this is a follow-up, Frank, and I hope this doesn't put you on the spot, but I, I have a I have a question that I'm curious about. So early in this pandemic, you know, we we heard a lot from resident, we heard a lot from operators about how residents and their families and staff were using a lot of technology to keep in touch, only because you know with all the restrictions, people were mostly in their rooms back then. Now it seems like communities have had more success opening up a little bit. So I'm curious, have residents carried on that enthusiasm for using this technology, even as they've been able to? you know, go back into some of these spaces in person? Sure. You know, that's a great question. And we're seeing very different responses from our communities. Obviously, that's a personal choice and a personal position. I was recently on a call with one of our executive directors who said, you know, a lot of their residents have technology fatigue. They've adopted and learned so much technology recently that, you know, they kind of want to leverage what they've got, but go back to in person and, and connect in a different way. I've heard some from of our other executive directors where there's an even greater desire for whether it's connectivity throughout the campus, they're going to keep many of their programs virtual enabled because it is so well adopted. So it's a very personal decision. And I've heard strong opinions on both sides of the question. Yeah, I can imagine. And I know, you know, I've heard the term Zoom fatigue (laughs) thrown around a lot in the past year or so. So obviously, I think the pandemic has really changed the way that senior living providers are doing sales and marketing. So I'm curious, um, you know, how does LCS use technology in its sales and marketing? And, you know, sort of what role does technology play in senior living sales and marketing these days? Great question. You know, As I mentioned, one of my early initiatives was to implement solutions to help LCS serve even more seniors, and that was in the sales and and marketing technology arena. So our recognition that our future residents and their family, they want to be connected, they want to be engaged at the time and in the platform of their choice. So we've been implementing and have completed the implementation of what I view as the world's leading CRM platform to provide the tools to allow our potential future residents and their family a robust understanding of what our communities have to offer. You know, we've gone beyond that with, and as I think virtually every operator has, virtual tours and et cetera. So excited to get more and more people back in the community. But when you look at the collection of technology to support sales and marketing, 
I feel like we've got a lot of great tools in place and it's helping to drive uh, not only our, but I think the industry recovery overall and occupancy. Yeah, here's another follow-up. And again, I'm, I'm maybe putting you on the spot with this one a little bit. I just read a story about how some senior living operators are still seeing web traffic above 2019 levels, which is very interesting to me. It sounds like web traffic, you know, people are, it sounds like using the internet more to look for senior living communities, which is exciting. Is that something that LCS is seeing? And I guess I'm also curious, do you have any thoughts on how you can capture that opportunity? Because it does seem like a pretty big opportunity. Absolutely. The number of times someone virtually visits one of our communities versus physically visits, it's it's pretty significant. So it's absolutely critical that we have a digital presence that represents the brand, the offerings, the culture of our communities, no doubt about it. Having said that, as I mentioned before, every engagement is unique. Every person wants to be connected in a different way. We have some places some potential residents that still want to get that physical mail and touch it, et cetera. But certainly we're seeing a large shift towards digital marketing, understanding web traffic, leveraging Google Analytics to, to track and make sure that we're offering the best information in the most consumable way. Yeah. So I have talked with so many providers in the last half year or so that really told me that staffing is their biggest challenge. It's their biggest worry right now. I think staffing was was hard before the pandemic, and I think the pandemic has only made it that much harder. So I've heard, you know, I remember into coming into this pandemic, I remember there was a lot of excitement about how technology could help with some of these staffing challenges. So, you know, sort of how do you think technology can help alleviate some of these labor challenges? What role do you think it can play there? Sure. So again, kind of going back to the early part of our conversation, one of our major projects, infrastructure projects was implementing an HRIS system to make sure that we provide the tools for our employees. So I feel like we've got a great offering and built upon that, there are several capabilities that I think make a huge difference from being able to very quickly allow our human resources directors to post a position and have that information be as broadly available to hit the potential candidates for employment quickly for them to be able to log on and very easily with minimal information understand and apply for that job. Hopefully, you know, we get that person to take advantage of that opportunity. And once they're on board, our technology allows our employees to manage their own information very securely. It provides they and their manager the opportunity to define career goals and et cetera. So it's, we offer a very robust human resources information system that covers the gamut from recognizing we have a need to understanding our potential applicant pool, but also making sure that we understand and are supporting things like diversity trends because we can see the data, our labor force, and we want to make sure we're doing the right things by all of our employees. I've heard other providers talk a lot about data analysis and how business intelligence can really help right now. And I've seen a number of providers sort of embracing this. So, so I'm curious, in what role or in, in what ways is LCS working with you know, data analysis and business intelligence? And also, what do you think the future holds with regard to that? Sure. Well, one of the benefits that LCS offers our community is that we engage with a lot of different communities. And so being able to provide benchmark data at a pretty granular level helps each of our communities and operators understand where they're performing well and potentially where they have some gaps. We can only do that if we can bring information together across all of our systems and all of our communities and provide that back out 
in benchmark analytics, et cetera. So I feel like that's in a place where LCS has performed very well in the past. When we look forward, it's interesting. The demand for detailed, granular information is going to grow pretty dramatically. I truly believe that. Whether it is from our customers, whether it is from the regulators, whether it is from investors and partners, the transparency of operation really comes to fruition when you've got all of the true underlying data you can make that available. So, you know, whether it is information around COVID metrics, occupancy trends, expense tracking, it all comes down to making sure that our business leaders have the right information at their fingertips so they can have data-driven decision-making capabilities. Something that I see in the news quite frequently these days are things related to information security. You know, you know, I feel like every every few months you hear about a new, you know, ransomware attack or something like that. Do you think that that cybersecurity breaches are a big threat to the senior living industry? And I guess, you know, in what ways, if so, but also is the industry I I don't hear providers always talking about this. So you think the industry is is taking this seriously enough? Mm. You know, it's so unfortunate that When our employees have made so much personal sacrifice over the last year and a half, they're really probably as susceptible as they've ever been to cybersecurity risks. We've had situations where people have lost their credentials and their personal information was at least at risk. We've had lots of attacks where criminals go through very sophisticated strategies, building up false domains and you know, mocking or spoofing emails, very sophisticated spear phishing attacks. So I absolutely believe it is a critical business risk for our industry. I don't think the senior living is completely unique in that way, but I do think we're highly targeted right now because of the fatigue that is across our entire industry from the COVID pandemic. So I think it's it's very forefront. You know, I was just at a senior living conference and we had a CIO roundtable breakout and we met for about four hours, I would say that cybersecurity dominated half of that time. We were all talking about what each other was doing, the attacks that we had faced, where we're at, how we can leverage ideas. So it's hard for me to say that this industry or any industry is taking this risk seriously enough. I don't even know what that would mean. But I would say that in our just in a few weeks ago when I met with IT leaders, it was it dominated the conversation. The other thing I would say is I hope that everyone in our industry is taking advantage of sophisticated cloud hosting partners and implementing in things like end user education. We have to do that together to improve. And as we do that, we'll be better together. And we also need to be prepared for a lot of new regulation in this area, the idea of protecting personal information, not just from cyber criminals, but to make sure that that information remains in the hands of the owners, the people who the information is regarding. All of that comes together to make sure that we have best practices around information handling and security. It's a critical risk to our business. I do believe that. But it's good to hear that uh, folks are talking about this. It's good to hear that there's a lot of time, it sounds like, spent on keeping all of this information safe. 
So you have now spent a little bit over two years in this industry, which I'm sure feels like a lifetime. You know, I, I've spent about four years covering this industry and it feels like a lifetime. But compared to the times that other people have spent in this industry, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years sometimes, you know, we are still relative newcomers. So I'm curious, what are, you know, some of your impressions now that you've spent a couple of years in this industry on how the industry invests in and implements technology? And then I'm also curious, what do you think are the biggest roadblocks to faster or better technology adoption in this sector in the future? Yeah, Tim, I like to keep that new guy hat on. I like to continue that awareness that we're all still learning here together because it allows us to ask questions that maybe need to be asked in a different way than they have been before. So I don't have the experience to back this up, but I would say I have anecdotal evidence, but that there's been a fairly significant shift in the last few years. And I'm not just talking about COVID, but I think there's a recognition that our residents are becoming increasingly familiar with technology and that our employees expect it. So I think that's a, a trend that seems to have changed a small number of years ago. So the willingness to invest and make sure that technology provides automation but doesn't detract from the care that our industry provides is really important. When I think about what are the big barriers, one thing that stands out to me over and over is the frequency when I see a physical building that has got a degree of age on it and probably doesn't have the technology infrastructure in place to even support things like high quality campus-wide Wi-Fi. So there's a level of capital investment that's often needed in our industry in many of our buildings to provide those differentiating capabilities. And in the past, there may not have been the financial planning discipline to make sure that there's adequate funds for those capital investments because it's a, it's a big one-time cost. You can do a lot once the infrastructure is in place, but it does seem to be a recurring problem. So I want to spend the last little bit of our discussion today talking about the future. Do you think that senior living companies are at risk of being disrupted by some of these big technology companies like an Amazon or Google? I think every industry is at risk at disruption, and, and we're certainly not exempt from that. So that's absolutely true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that disruption is comes in a negative way. These companies are brilliant at leveraging technology to provide a great user experience. And that can come in the form of enabling seniors to age in place with more care, more virtual connectivity. And that provides a different market segment for our industry. But we can also use the technology that these giants provide to help make sure that our seniors fully leverage all the offerings of our community while they stay in contact with often distant friends and family and et cetera. So I think it's almost inevitable that some of these technologies and major players are going to disrupt our industry. It's just a question of how do we engage with it and how do we make sure that it disrupts us in a very positive way? All right. So last question to kind of cap our discussion today. As you look across the senior living industry, what types of technology do you see as most promising for the future of the industry? Hmm. Wow, there are so many answers to that. We've talked a lot about the major players, whether it's telehealth, whether it's cybersecurity, employee engagement, etc. And I think each one of them on their own is pretty significant. But when I really stop and look at what the future will hold, I don't believe it is any one of those technology segments or players that's going to be the difference. 
to me, it goes back to when we talked about being able to understand the information about the businesses we run and the customers that we serve. Our industry is rich in information or rich in data, but sometimes poor in information. We have an incredible amount of data about our seniors from what they had to lunch to their daily habits to the medicine they take and et cetera. But often it's really hard to put that together on a single pane of glass to make sure that we leverage all of that data to provide the best service as we run sustainable businesses. So if I were to point to a general technology area, I I guess I would say data analytics and the whole information that we can gain from the services and technologies we provide is going to be the biggest difference maker. Well, Frank Vetter, thank you so much for coming on Transform. This has been a great discussion. Tim, I appreciate your time and the opportunity. Have a great day. That does it for this episode of Transform. I would again like to thank CDW Healthcare for sponsoring today's podcast. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. Thanks for listening.